Hello and welcome everyone to episode number four of SotsCast. This is the podcast that is dedicated to the Sick on the Sticks Madden 21 Connected Franchise Online League. Um, I am your host, JDog4, otherwise known as Joel, and I'm here with my co-host, FilthyHand74, otherwise known as Scott. Scott, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, man. All right, glad to hear it. Um, we're going to keep a similar format to the podcast this week as we did last week. I think it worked really well. It got the information out concisely. It didn't take two and a half hours to do, um, and I, I think it just worked out pretty well. And it allowed us to touch on most of the teams as well as some of the other more interesting races in terms of uh, you know stats and, and MVP and things like that. So we're going to go ahead and follow the same format. Um, before I dive into it, did you have any, uh, Scott, did you have any opening thoughts or anything like that? Um, well, we're starting to get down to, I mean, we're going to advance tomorrow night into, uh, into the last month of the season. So we're going to be in the playoffs pretty quick here, guys. So, uh, everybody's been getting their games in and has been doing pretty well so far. Um, just keep getting them played and we'll keep, uh, We'll keep this rolling. It's going to be time for the real show to start here pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We are winding down to that. Um, One quick housekeeping note. I appreciate everyone hanging in there with us. I was out of town last night, which is why the podcast is technically a day late. Um, Next week, it's going to be a little bit dicey. Um, I'm actually going to be at Scott's house next week. Um, I'm not really sure if we're going to be able to figure out a way to record it in the one house. Um, we're going to do our best, but if not, it, the fallback will be, uh, we'll be releasing the podcast Tuesday night again. Um, our goal is always to get it released Monday night right after the advance, and we're going to try and do that going forward. Just bear with us for this week. Um, Somebody's just been doing a fuck ton of traveling. Yeah. <laughs> like three weeks in a row, dude. Yeah, I've, uh, it's the tour to USA for me, that's for sure. Um, lots of stuff going on and a couple last minute things popped up as well. But, um, but yes, so I appreciate you guys, uh, bearing with our schedule. Well, I shouldn't say our, uh, it's not your fault at all. Uh, bearing with my schedule, um, as we do this, um, and as always, we certainly appreciate the support that you've all given us as well as the feedback. Um, I hope that you guys liked the little mini episode we released last Thursday. Um, I didn't see too much in the way of comments on it. In fact, I'll check the traffic right now. Because not too many of you guys really piped up about it, and I was kind of hoping that there would be a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of reaction to that, because it was like one of those surprise things. Um, but that being said, it was also like, it was a surprise. We didn't market it at all. So, <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, yeah, it's only got three listens as compared to the 23, 31, and 42 from our last episode. So, in case you guys missed it or just didn't hear somehow, some way, we did record like an episode 3.5 on Thursday to sort of hopefully tide you guys over, being as we knew we'd have this this day late advance, um, where we just kind of picked the brains of, um, I believe it was Tomahawk, is that correct? Yeah, uh, and yourself. Yeah. Uh, Marshall and Scott. Um, so that was a great episode. It wasn't as long. Um, it was, I think, just a little over half an hour. But anyhow, I definitely recommend that you guys check that out if you haven't already. Um, but that being said, we'll go ahead and get into the nitty-gritty of what we're going to get into today. And once again, we're going to just sort of look at this division by division. Um, we're going to keep the same format in terms of starting with the AFC North. Um, so 
with that being said, we'll just dive right into it. Uh, the AFC North is a little bit more interesting now than I guess I would have said it was last week. Um, the Ravens are obviously still on the top. They're 11-1. and one. They've won eight games in a row. They're on fire. They're just steamrolling people. The defense is coming up huge. You you gave me that ridiculous stat that Demarius Randall has, what, eight interceptions and three of them he's returned for touchdowns? Yeah. Um, yeah, scoring a lot on defense. It's yeah. Really and nice. that's a, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a necessary ingredient to success, scoring on defense, but it is nice when you've got it. And it, it sure it doesn't hurt. <laughs> It, it also, helps. it helps when you sign somebody as the thirty-second pick in the free agency draft, and he comes out and balls like that for you. So that's why he got a new four-year deal. Yeah, good for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've been on fire. The Ravens have been on fire. Uh, they lost that game to Washington, and they haven't looked back or lost a game since. Uh, very clearly. Where's the Michael Jordan in the last dance? And I took that personally. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's worked. <laughs> You're channeling it well. Um, 11-1, and one, they had the big win over the Titans between our last po- regular podcast, regularly scheduled podcast on this one. Um, and so, yeah, it was... Yeah, uh, we don't have to drag Kobe through the dirt again. I already <laughs> did that enough in 3.5. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know what? To Kobe's credit, he has rebounded very nicely himself. Oh, uh, I didn't think he wouldn't, man. He's a good player, and he knows what he's doing. Like He had a close anything, one. I, close one today. I probably need. Oh, yeah, it's because possibly suspect isn't a joke, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, especially adding him into our division, man, in the AFC North. I really can't wait to see how next year plays out when everybody gets, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Bring some of their own players in, get some shit under their belt. It'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see. It sure Nobody will. Fuckers can play defense, though. Jesus Christ. Don't. I'm looking at the points against like why is, first I've of got all 100 less points than first of any all of you. you you know well i can't speak to the other well i can't speak to the steelers and really the browns i'm not sure what their excuses are you know what i'm dealing with okay like what we can't i i, I, I had to i had to score 52 points to win today so i the, yeah uh, let's not we don't have to delve into that. your defense can't stop kid on a red tricep. Exactly. Like a, exactly. My God, man, you're like not very far off from being 200 more points left than put up. Yeah. Yeah. Go look. Fuck you. Go compare the defenses. Eat my ass, <laughs> sir. Eat my ass. You wanna? So, anyways, um, the uh, Ravens 11 and one. Steelers now have lost a couple. They've dropped a couple. Housed is he's streaky, I want to say, um, and all of a sudden finds himself in a position where who'd have fucking thought? But he's tied with the Bungles, four hundred and thirteen points given up in all. <laughs> I will say that's a pretty top-heavy number, almost like it, it, it more than eighty of that. Probably almost ninety points of my points against came against you and that dude with Washington. So it's like, yeah. well, okay. <laughs> that number might be a little inflated by two blowout, no contest losses. Um, but in any case, well, and also I gave up 42 points today and just happened to score 52. Um, but anyways, so Steelers and Bengals now tied in what's a closer AFC. I mean, it's not, it's not a pretty AFC playoff picture, but it's a close one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a pretty one, but it's a close one. Exactly. Yeah, it's a little top heavy. Yeah, yeah. They are a little top heavy, and the bottom half seems to just 
be absolutely getting crushed as a result of it. Um, but that being said, um, there's a lot of, you know, there's several teams that are in the runnings there. You know, Pittsburgh is on the bubble at five and seven. Um, just as easily say that that's, it's not listed on the site. There's only three teams listed on the bubble. Um, but I mean, if Pittsburgh is listed on the bubble at five and seven, I don't see any reason why, uh, why the Bengals shouldn't be on the same bubble. And it is a little bit absurd that there's that chance to make the playoffs as a, uh, Potentially as like an eight and eight team, or I, who knows, maybe even a seven and nine team. It seven depends. And nine possible. Frankly, the way the schedules are working out, if you look at the bottom of the AFC playoffs as a whole, it's there's there's a lot of winnable and losable games for every one of those teams. That's either in the last couple spots or on the bubble. So it's going to be a super interesting race to the end. And with the way that the top half of the league is just demolishing the bottom half, I wouldn't be stunned. I wouldn't be stunned at all to see an 8-8 eight and eight team make it in. I wouldn't even be stunned to see a 7-9 and nine team make it in, especially with the expanded uh, the expanded format for the extra team. So both the Steelers and Bengals, 5-7. and seven, um, We play each other in a couple weeks, I think. So to, to a certain extent, we, we hold some of our own fate in our hands. Um, but it's as simple as this. It's time to win. You know, you're 5-7. and seven, yeah. You're in the AFC North. I've got to play you again, so I'm kind of in my head chopping it up as a loss. I mean, I, I, last time it wasn't close. The first half was close, and then you just blew the doors off me. You were like, I just have to run the ball. So I don't yeah, know what I'm going like, to do about that. Stop throwing everything. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do about that, but, you know. But assuming I do lose to you like just about everybody else in the league has, um, that's my eighth loss. But if I can win the other three games going up to it, maybe sneak in as an 8-8 eight and eight team. Um, and Housed has the luxury at five and seven of not playing you. So, well, that's because I already have my two wins. Well, right, but but all, all that to say, you know, we're 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 tied, and he doesn't have to play you, and I do. So that's advantage mm-hmm. him. Um, but it's it's as simple as you know, winner winner go home at this point. Both of both of our teams, I think, need to just win out, or or I don't think either one of us could suffer more than a single loss at this point. Um, yeah. but you never know. Again. It's looking crazy, and to that end, new Browns user, possibly suspect, you shouted him out, and he he plays games close, he plays very smart, and he's just a game behind us at 4-8, and eight. so, I mean, shit, what if he runs the table, wins out, goes 8-8? Eight and eight? Um, There's a lot of scenarios where any one of the teams, I mean, the, you know, the Ravens, you are almost guaranteed a playoff spot, but, but everybody else in this division... There are many scenarios where any one of these teams can get in, but it's really just going to come down to you got to win your games, and you probably have to hope for some help, you know, from other teams. Um, but that's just I mean, that's all there is to it. That's that pretty much covers the AFC North. Fairly competitive outside of the Ravens. The teams, you know, two, three, and four are all very close, and they're all technically still in playoff contention. So, um, did you have any other thoughts on on the the North? I'm going to take that as a no. And maybe that your mic is muted. That's exactly what it was. Is that <laughs> my mic is muted? Um, no, I mean, I'm pretty sure I have this division, like, clinched. Because I won today, and when we advance tomorrow, there's only four games left. And there's no way I can lose. Maybe. I don't know. 
Whatever. I'm 99% sure I have it locked, but I'm pretty sure one of you guys could still sneak in, so why the fuck not? Yeah. Well, that's what we're hoping, that's for sure. Um, yeah, no, I mean, statistically, it is impossible for anyone else to win that division, so I don't know why it's not giving you the little indicator by your name that you've locked the playoffs, because you Yeah, have... I don't know either. Yeah, because I'm six wins ahead right now. Right. It's statistically so, impossible for any team to get to your win total. So, in any case, uh, to the AFC South, it's a similar-ish story. Um, the Titans, Kobe, absolutely running away with that division. It's not close. Um, should have clinched it. Yeah, yes, it's it is impossible for him to to lose that division at this point because. He's eleven and one. The Jaguars at six and six. The best they could do is ten and six, and the worst <coughs> Kobe could do would be eleven and five. Yeah, I'm assuming it's because those games are in and other ones aren't. That yeah, that that has to advance. be. Those indicators are gonna pop. Yeah, that must be it. So um, I'm really me and him and the Chargers because I'm also looking at your dude, and I guess technically the Patriots too are dueling it out for uh, that number one seed. But Denver could still sneak it. Yeah. It's it's up for grabs. The number one seed really is the only thing that's if you're Left if if you're one of the top let's say four teams in the AFC, that's five maybe if you're going to include Denver as technically yeah. being in the conversation. Number one seed and that first round buy and the only first round buy is the only thing that's really left up for grabs. Um, and I, you know certainly it's up there. You'd think the biggest battle for that would be between you and Kobe. Um, but then we've got Marshall with the Chargers, who's just a, you guess, a couple games behind you guys, technically? Or maybe just a game? It, maybe it's because the record's not all the games have been played yet, but either way. Um, that seems to be all that's up for grabs left at the top end of the AFC, but then again, as we're looking at divisions, it's what's left for everybody else. You know, the scraps mm-hmm. that are left for the other teams just trying to make the playoffs. Uh, the Jaguars... They have uh, the nine seed as of right now in the playoff race, so it's not over for Elk, man. He might take the goddamn Jacksonville Jagoffs, as his name reads in chat, to the fucking playoffs <laughs> if he can keep winning with Jimmy G. Well, and if you look at if you look at the AFC playoffs picture in my Madden, it has him as the nine seed, but it really shouldn't because he's six and six, and it's got a five and six team above him who hasn't played yet, I guess. And a five and seven team above him who has played, so that shouldn't that shouldn't be the case, uh, certainly. And if you just go off of, um, well, but no, and it's weird because that's going off of the Madden standings too. So I don't know. I'm assuming it's because we're we're you know recording this when not all the games are played. But he, he's either way. The once the dust settles after this week, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be in a better position than any of the five and seven teams because they'll be six and six. Uh, as well as perhaps, depending on tiebreakers, a better position than Ramrod with Kansas City. Um, but yeah, so if you're looking at the AFC South, Titans running away with it, literally. Um, Derrick Henry's a monster. Colts technically probably aren't out either at 4-7. and seven. They played the Texans this week, so if they yeah. win there. They're not out. pretty sure is going to happen. Just look at the records. Points yeah. Points mm-hmm. It seems it seems possible. Does he? Wow, that's nuts. I'm five and seven with four hundred and thirteen points against. He's zero and eleven with three hundred and forty six. 
He's actually given up like more than fifty less points than me, and I still somehow won. Well, yeah, yeah, one ninety eight to three forty two. Uh, at any rate, so technically the Colts are still in it. They're not out yet. They're gonna need a lot of help. Um, some of the teams need some help. Some of the teams just need to win out, which might not happen. In which case, they'll need some help. But not winning out might be the help that some teams need, and then some teams need a lot of help. Uh, but that being said, still, still to the point where there's a lot of teams that are in it. And again, you know, the the Colts are ranked 22nd in the league, and they still aren't eliminated from the playoffs. And and when I say aren't eliminated, I mean they're still realistically in the playoff hunt, which is uh, you know says a lot about the the competition in the league uh, on the AFC side of things, anyways. Um, and then of course we do have the Texans, 0 and 11. At this point, they're, I don't even, maybe you don't even care. 0 and 16. The stigma's not so bad. You'd only be, you'd be the third team to do it. It's not like you're the first or even the second. Um, and it all but guarantees you the first round, the first overall pick. So at a point where you're 0 and 11, maybe you're trying to win just so you don't have that stigma, but maybe you just don't care. Maybe I'll either. attract a guy like Matt Stafford. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, not much to say there, though. Own 11 should be, for all intents and purposes, eliminated from... Yeah, he's got to be eliminated from playoff contention. Oh, yeah. So There's he's just no way at 5 and 11. Those, those, those Texans are just playing for pride at this point. Um, and it's been a rough season for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, overall, any other thoughts on the AFC South there? Um, I mean, it's Kobe's division right now. Obviously, things will change as the season progresses and teams get better. Um. Definitely interesting to see how Elk and uh, Ralph the Colts finish out and yeah. kind of see where that division goes and if one of them can sneak in into uh, one of the wild card spots. Like I said, Jackson's whole, Jacksonville's like only two out. They're looking on the on the bubble. They're sitting at the nine. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's interesting. And it keeps things really exciting, which is always a fun Fun thing to have when you're going down the stretch. Alrighty. Uh, the AFC East. You accurately pointed out, technically the Patriots. Aurelio is still looking for, and are still looking for, uh, potentially even the number one seed in the AFC. Again, they'll need some help. Not something that looks all that likely. The three teams ahead of them, you wouldn't expect all three of those to collapse, although, I mean, losing two games out of the last four isn't... Well, it, it would be. For for you or Kobe to lose two out of the last four would be a, a, a collapse at the end of the year, I would think. Um, yeah. So they kind of need some help to get that. However, they don't need help, really, to win... Well, they don't need help at all to win their division. They just need to win out. The fuck was that? Yeah, uh, why? Well, no, it was a cough, and I didn't hit my mic in time. <laughs> Jesus it sounded like something that I would have heard in the Exorcist movie. It didn't sound like a cat at all. It sounded like you were like murdering, skinning a cat alive or something. That was no, most of some good spirits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you say that now. It's exactly what a cat torturer would say. Um, no, he's for the record. Scott takes very good care of his cat, and to my knowledge, has never attempted to skin him. Um, the Patriots. Or eight and three had the division as long as they, I mean, technically again they could if they they could, what finish eight and eight right they're eight and three now so yeah they could finish eight and eight or they could finish thirteen and three right right so this is the same price 
Um, so yeah, I mean, any anything could happen, but they control their own fate. If they win out, if they go thirteen and three, they easily win their division. Um, I actually want to double check while we're talking about it. Are you on the screen for that division? Yeah. Okay, if you want to continue to talk about it, I'm checking their schedule to see if they play the Dolphins, because that would be interesting. Yeah, the Dolphins are 6-6, six and six, and if they haven't played yet, they're still going to be tiebreakers to implicate their... Um, they're only three games back, and to that credit, the Bills are only four games back. Brady so, Sr. Uh, yeah, Brady Sr. could pull it off there, man, and come back and do something with that. Uh, the Jets are out of it. Love you, the Kingpin. You're funny, man. You make me laugh all the time. <laughs> Meme game is on point. Game is on point. But, yeah, definitely I, I feel you with Sam Darnold needing his own turnover chain. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact, though, that he comes out and says it. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, he is. This is not going fucking well. So, um, go ahead. Yeah. Said the Bills only four games back, the Dolphins only three games back, of the Patriots. That division technically isn't done either. And like the Dolphins could finish ten and six, the Bills could finish nine and seven if they go on a tear. It's it's all up in the fucking air. So the Patriots and the Dolphins do play each other in a couple weeks. Nice. Uh, they played the beginning of the season. That game wasn't even played, and obviously it's not the same Dolphins user That's that we had. Dolphins user was a putz. And. Here's where things get even spicier. Not only do they play each other, not only do they play each other, but the Patriots plays the Chargers this week. Ooh. So that's who knows. I mean, those are those are too close. I mean, there's only a game between them. I shouldn't. I I can't put like, you know, I can't put the Chargers on this pedestal. They're nine and two for a reason. They've lost twice. They could lose a third time. Or the Patriots lose, they go to eight and four. If the Dolphins can beat them, now that's eight and five. And all of a sudden it's starting to look like now I will say the other teams they play the Rams, the Bills, and the Jets. The Bills look like the best chance for them to lose a game. Um but and that's week sixteen. If if things go away that's not great for the Bills, they might not be playing necessarily for the playoffs, but what kind of Bills user doesn't want to play the spoiler for the Patriots? Come on, Bills Mafia, baby. Bills Mafia. If you're like, not if you're not putting someone through a table before and after you beat the Patriots to eliminate them from division contention, then you're just not you don't deserve to have the like, Bills. I've never been a Bills fan, but I've been through enough tables to feel like I should be an honorary member. That's the best part about my brother-in-law being a diehard Bills fan is I'm like an honorary member of the Bills Mafia, and those fuckers are crazy. Oh, um, yeah. those, those, like I'm a diehard Bears fan, but those people are my fucking people, man. Side note, um, <laughs> last year when the Bills came into town and played the Titans, um, that the 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 pregame so we went to a tailgate that was like this it wasn't really a tailgate it was like this industrial parking lot like a few blocks away from the stadium where they just you know set up you know a bunch of grilling and shit like that and it was pouring fucking rain and these people didn't care this place was packed and i mean it was just drenched eventually the rain started to let up but they're eating on these tables that are like meant to be eaten on now if you don't know the Bills Mafia typically will, like, slam people through tables that are kind of designed to be slammed through. 
the tables we were eating on were absolutely not. And I shit you not, when I saw them try to slam a guy through it like three times, and I promise you he left with like spinal damage. Like they kept on fight, and he said it. He was like, "Dude, slam me through this fucking table," and they're like, "We don't, we can't. It's reinforced." Like, and it, like I don't care. No, seriously, they were like, "And if you go through the table, like, there's metal. It's probably just gonna like puncture your lungs and shit." And he's like, "Slam me through the fucking table," and they tried, and it didn't work. And every time, every time, I just saw his brain cells die. He just hit that table, and nothing happened. Yeah, don't get me wrong, fucked up the table. That table was no longer. It, it did not have load-bearing capacity. Um. But anyway, since we've gotten a way off fucking topic here, <laughs> it's AFC a good story. Is still anyone's division, and Bill's Mafia is fucking nutty. Nutty as hell. Alright, <laughs> let's move on to the West. The West. The West is looking really, really interesting, because, you, uh, so obviously we've already mentioned Marshall and the Chargers. Tomahawk Chop at 9-2, and two, and then if you have Burrito with the Broncos, Ramrod with the Chiefs, and our buddy Corey Lyons in the house, 4-7 and seven with the Raiders. Technically speaking, no team in this division is eliminated from playoff contention. Nope. They are the first division. Well, technically the Browns aren't eliminated, I don't think. But at 4 well, yeah, because they could win out and then maybe get it if shit gets wacky. But if, especially if the Raiders win this week, then that's 5-7. and seven. Then they're really not eliminated just yet. So... This is looking like a really interesting division, especially since they all have to play each other. So it's like, all right, well, <laughs> this is what you got. Um, Corey has lost four in a row, so that four and seven at the bottom looks worse and doesn't really look like it's all that promising to, to scratch back in the playoffs. But then again, all he's got to do is just beat somebody sleeping with rugs over the top a couple times, and all of a sudden, you know, you can... Bro, he's back in it. Exactly. Um... So, but that's just, that's a fascinating division that is a, bu- a bunch of skilled users that are obviously playing to their team's strengths and really just, just popping off. And you'd expect to see the AFC West send two teams. I think, I think it's a fair bet at this point, again, barring some sort of collapse that the Chargers and Broncos both go to the playoffs. And Oh yeah, I think they're both getting them. And that's it's the f- really the last two seeds. It's Miami and KC um, at six and seven that like those guys really gotta you know right. keep on fucking fighting, especially after you delivered a fucking loss to Miami today. Hell but yeah. yeah, it's that's insane. I just realized that the, right now in the playoff picture, the AFC West, and didn't we say earlier that this is like one of the t- in a previous podcast? This is like one of the toughest divisions. Yeah, like, I think I think we highlighted the AFC and have been highlighting the AFC West and the NFC East yeah, as dude, the, the closest divisions. Sending three fucking teams as of right now. If the playoffs like started today, they would have three teams. They would have the Chargers, the Broncos. That, and the Chiefs but that can't that can't be accurate though. That that that's pending on the Chiefs game this week because yeah. technically Jacksonville is six and six, true, which would be true. a better that's a better winning percentage. So, but but I agree though. Either way, it's it's according it's, to my screen, according <laughs> to the Madden maths. And... Um, but no, I mean, it's they're they're the only team in the AFC period that at this point looks very very much on track to send two teams. 
with the Chargers and the Broncos. The other division winners are obviously going or, or presumably obviously going because they look to be very ahead of their field. And then it's the people that are below them that are kind of in that middling 6-6, six and 5-6 six, and six range sort of thing. But you've got the Chargers and the Broncos, 9-2, 7-4, very clearly on the right track to the playoffs. And then you do have the Chiefs, although probably not technically in based off winning percentages, at 5-6 and six are in with the rest of those middle-of-the-pack divisional teams in every other division. They're right in the thick of it with them. So certainly wouldn't be surprising to see the West send three teams, and that's pretty impressive. Shit, even in this format, I mean, it's not impossible for a division to send four teams. It would be fucking wacky, but not impossible with the new format. And if if a division's gonna do it, it'd be in BDA AFC West. AFC West, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, shout out to everybody that's playing in the West. You guys are just, it's a bloodbath, but you guys are still coming out on top in terms of your your records and and things like that. You guys are doing great, and you are all in this playoff hunt and making it interesting. Um, all right, so. Any other? I'm sorry. Any other final thoughts on the AFC West or just the AFC in general? Um, I think the AFC in general is, it's a really interesting conference, man. Like, I keep wanting to say it's top heavy, but the more we did this podcast, I think it's honestly just, it's, it's good throughout. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a couple of guys that are going to be hard to beat, but it's gonna be fun to see how it progresses man and how teams change um especially after drafts and free agency and you know how shit stacks out especially with some guys that are here now joining mid-season with not the greatest records because we... yeah no no you're, you're exactly right and it'll just it'll just be interesting to see how um how everything shapes up at the end of this season and like you said what people do to make those little tweaks to maybe go from that eight and eight team to that ten and six team the the year after or something along those lines. Um, alrighty, let's go to the NFC North now. The Packers and Vikings. You want to talk about top heavy ten and two, nine and three, and they're two just the best two of the best players. Hundred percent, and they're just clobbering the piss out of the Lions and the Bears at the bottom. Just clobbering the piss out of the line. The Bears, Jesus Christ, I love the phrasing. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell it like it is. They are, they've not, the, the NFC North, the top has not been having, has not been kind to the bottom, that's for sure. Um, and you hit the nail on the head. Um, two of the very best users that we have, and again, playing to the team's strengths. Uh, the Vikings have a pretty low points against the 261 and still scoring 438. Packers allowing more points but scoring more points. Rogers, baby, just air it out. That's not, well, no, I'm sorry, Aaron Jones. It's not even Rogers. <laughs> yeah, Jones it's it's fucking Rogers Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook. League and passing, but yeah, well, yeah, you can't even yeah, but but a lot of that's going to Aaron Jones though. So it's a uh, it's been a fun fun offensive uh, route to see there. But again, two of the strongest teams in the league period, not just in, even not just in their division, not just in their conference, in the league period. Uh, if you go by actual by by record just straight up, the Packers are ranked 4th overall and the Vikings are ranked 6th overall. So to have them in the same division, that's pretty cool. Um and actually, if you want to continue to analyze that, I'm going to check as well to see if they play each other because that could be spicy. I'm pretty 
sure those ones are in, but yeah, definitely. Uh, actually, um, yeah, yeah, keep going, but I'm pretty sure they are in already. Um, so Packers only have a one-game lead on the Vikings right now, sit at 9-3, and three, so it's not impossible for the White Vikings to win uh, that division as long as they keep winning. Um... I know the Packers took a uh, took a loss to the Eagles today. Um, they actually were able to put that second loss on his record, so that definitely puts the Vikings within striking distance. He's just got to win out, and honestly, hope the Packers lose this two more times because I believe, if I'm right, the Packers won both of those no, games. No, they split. They split it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, even better. Let me. It gets even better than that. It gets even better than that. So mm-hmm. not only did they split, which means it's a true one game lead, they the Viking the Packers won fifty two to forty two in week one, and the Vikings won forty five to ten in week eight, so you talk about getting your revenge. The Packers, to close out the season, play the Lions. Who, that, that's a new user there and he's fucking good. Um they, they're at the Lions. They play. They yeah, host the. Four. I'm not gonna be able to do anything with the team. Rattles off a couple of wins. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, that's what you know, you know. Hustling. That's except he couldn't hustle us because we knew what we were bringing into this league. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he's he's like, oh, we're just gonna go all day, and I'm like, Haha, you fucking thought. Um. So, so he plays. So he goes to Detroit to play the Lions. New user who's pretty good. He then hosts the Panthers, Rich, who, God bless him, has been all over the place. Like Rich is streaky, man. He's streaky. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all if he comes out of there with a win. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets demolished uh, either. But like, <laughs> I put every time I look at it and stuff like Rich plays somebody, like when I see like on the schedule, I'm like, oh, that's who the Panthers play this week. I'm like, upset alert. Yeah, no, seriously. And then It's just upset alert either way though. Yeah. Well, exactly. All right, but here's the kicker. Week 16, out of fucking nowhere, God bless the NFL schedulers, the Packers host the Titans. Ooh. I'm saying. Fun fucking game. That might be how you lock up the number one seed in the AFC. (laughs) Or it could be how the Vikings send it to an insane tiebreaker for the NFC. Like, that's that's such a random, that's such a random week 16 matchup. Expert, my guy, I need you to do one <laughs> thing for me. Break Derrick Henry's fucking neck. Yes. Well, don't. Let's not be mean. Yeah, all right, um. maybe not that far. <laughs> and then he uh, ends the season against uh, J. Romez, the Bears, who he just hey, who he just beat sixty three to twenty one. <laughs> I will always, I will always root for, and don't discredit J. Roman like. He's got Mr. Trubisky, and I know we were, like, talking about the statistical anomaly that was <laughs> at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Never count him out, man. It's true. You fall asleep, man, and you count a guy out going into a game, how you fucking lose. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, um... Although, oh, I will say, he's given up a lot of points... The points for has gone to... No, it's the yardage, isn't it? He's got, like, an ass ton of yards, but just not all the points to go with it. Because early, early on, it's wasn't it, like, this... turnovers this, there. Yeah. That's the real problem. Yeah. Like, if you think Mitch is thrown, like, hey, I'll fucking look at ass ton of perception. I'm not trying to talk bad. 
but it's definitely like the yards are there, but the turnovers are just killing it. But yeah, so I'll I'll finish this. So again, Packers finish at the Lions. They host the Panthers. They host the Titans at the Bears. The Vikings. So I mean, that's there's a couple. There's a, there's at least two matchups there where it's like you gotta really yeah, really have your shit together. Interceptions compared to twenty seven touchdowns, and he's I believe one two three. Ninth in passing yards. So okay. just, just it's, there's a lot of turnovers, man. There's yeah. a lot of turnovers there. The Vikings, so the Packers finish, you know, with at least two matchups. You know, one against the Titans, that's going to be brutal. That's going to be a bloodbath. I, I couldn't tell you who's going to win that game. And then, but the Vikings, on the other hand, so you think, well, maybe the Vikings have Remember, a chance. I'll tell you who will win that game, whoever stops the other ones running back. Yeah, that's true. That's true, although... If you're neutralizing both running backs, I will take Aaron Rodgers over. Yeah, that's true. I take over Aaron Rodgers throwing at me over Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Um, but that yeah. being said, the Vikings finish uh, at Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers, man, they're a little streaky sometimes too, but he's got some signature wins on this season. They do host the Bears. Oh, now you'll talk nice about Taylor. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yes, because he hasn't tried to bully me into doing it this week. Um, <laughs> also, fuck you. I eventually talked nice about Taylor. I just had to make a strong statement first. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he's had some signature wins, right? So he, he beat the Chargers, did he not? Um, he Yeah, he talks about it all the time. Yeah. Not a very, very long field goal, but he did do it. <laughs> Like we said, he, he's going to put that shit on his resume. I'd be surprised if he didn't already. Um, but that being said, as good as King Dubs has been, you can't count out this this upset-ready Bucks team. And then, so then he hosts the, the Bears, who you never know. If Trubs can get his shit together and throw for like 400 yards and, and only like one interception, maybe the upset happens. Although I will say... King Dubs has been phenomenal on defense, so I wouldn't expect mm-hmm. that kind of yardage to come out from anybody. Um, but then he has to go on the road. He has to go to the Saints. Noah TG, and we'll get to the NFC South soon. But the Saints have been playing pretty well. They've been playing some some good ball at seven and four. And it's funny because at seven and four, they are the last team to sneak into the NFC playoffs. <laughs> and the AFC is almost certainly going to send a team that's five hundred and maybe even worse as their last seed. <laughs> It's okay, we're just cannibalizing <laughs> each other over here. Yeah, you know what? And hey, it's just you just at that point you're happy to be there. Um, but so then he's gotta play the Saints he, on the road. Nobody likes to go to the dome. There's no COVID in Madden, so the dome is still the dome. Um, and then the last game, you know, at at the Lions. KS four. Maybe upset alert there. So if you look at the Packers schedule and you think, well, there's at least one game there that's going to be really tough and maybe more than one, you have to say the same thing about the Vikings. So, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see how I know we've spent a, an inordinate amount of time on that, but I just I love how close those two teams at the top are, and I'm really interested to see where the next... I'm, I'm excited to do this podcast next week because we're going to have some answers to these questions, and... But shit, next week we'll be in week seventeen when mm-hmm. we do this podcast. So all the fucking marbles, baby. Very clear image of what's going to be going on at that point. 
Yeah, and it's gonna there's gonna be some there's gonna be some really really awesome matchups and you know some must win games, and I imagine probably some like tiebreaker scenarios like. I'm going to want to run down scenarios for the playoffs, but I don't know that we'll be able to because especially the way the AFC is looking, it's like oh, I'm yeah. not going to try and calculate the tiebreakers that we're going to go through. <laughs> I'm going to let Madden do that, and then y'all can bitch about it afterwards. Sitting there with a fucking cork board and some fucking different color thread, just like... Busting on my TI-84 for the first time in fucking 10 years. <laughs> Um, it's time to put that college degree to use. <laughs> Remember when you said you never use algebra? <laughs> um, but yeah, so Packers Vikings, phenomenal race at the end there. Lions Bears, not much to play for this season, simply because your division and your conference, frankly, are so good. A four and seven Lions team. I would honestly, I wouldn't even come close to counting out a four and seven KS four Lions team in the AFC just because of how murky that picture looks. But in the NFC, it's like, yeah. Technically, if you look at the bottom, the New York Giants are still in the running at 4-7 and seven on the bubble. But I don't see it. I don't... They can spread a whole ton of fuckery and just yeah. avoid oh, yeah. the picture even more. 100%. That's what I'm hoping for. Chaos, man. Some men just want to watch the world burn. I am one of those men. I want to watch the Lions win out and fuck everything up. <laughs> um. So, Lions-Bears... Now is your time. It's been a rough season for both of your franchises, but now is your time to just fuck everything up for everybody else. Um, all right, NFC South, another great division race. Except this is the wackiest division in the NFC. This is the one we talked about, where it's like, who's gonna win? Who's gonna lose? It's all over the goddamn place. Yeah, it's it is all over the place, and it's like. They're the the Panthers are like the one fight the one team with a losing record right now that are still on the bubble in the playoffs. Now, it, they'd have to do some some big things down the end of the season in order to get the playoffs. I think, anyways. Um, but I mean, they're certainly in a position to do so. We've talked about it. Rich is one of those users where it's just like, man, you just you really never know, and it doesn't matter who the guy's playing. Put it in perspective. Lost his first three games. Won his next one, two, three, four, five games. One, two, three, four, five. Lost five, four in a row after that. So he lost three, won five, and then lost four. It's because we talked good about him on the podcast. Honestly, maybe it's a podcast buff and debuff. Yeah, I yeah, was- yeah, because it was after week three that we did the first podcast yeah, and we were talking was. shit, and then, and then he started winning, and then we talked about how he's winning, and now he starts losing. So, ergo, we're talking shit about him now. He's going to pop off against the Broncos Packers. Ooh. That's his, my, my God, his, his final schedule is hosting the Broncos at the Packers at Washington and hosting the Saints. That fucking blows. Every bike I can fucking imagine. That is brutal. Down that schedule to end my season, I would think Super Nate was still scheduling my games for me. (laughs) Couple of you will get that reference. Fucking Super Nate. You won the fucking title, and he was just like, "All right, you're gonna play all the best users." Every year, uh, every year, all five of your user games. Because he was a jealous bitch. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. 
I'm going to be the one to beat you. Nate, you can't even make a bowl game. Yeah, and then he won a title. Okay. And then he won a title with the Alabama team that you left him, you bastard. No, that was Whitey Ford. Oh, yeah, that was... going to get into that shit. He's still around, right? I see him occasionally. Yeah, but... Yeah. All right, so... Br- brief, brief, because people need to know. So we used to play in a league with a couple of the users in here. Um, OG House was one of them. Golden Domer was one of them. We used to play in NCAA Dynasties way back in the day, going all the way up until when they stopped doing it, NCAA 14. Um, and there was a commissioner from this league. was awesome. The league was honestly pretty well run, and we loved it, but the commissioner was really fucking petty. And so... At the same time, man, he also let us talk all the shit about him and we talked that's true like, we talked <laughs> relentless amounts of shit about him because he was also kind of bad um and he played minnesota he would take the minnesota golden gophers the golden gophers and th- so they weren't a good team and he couldn't recruit anybody there because even if you are a good team in the north if you're not ohio state it doesn't matter you're not going to recruit anybody in that game so it's like he took a, a mediocre team where he couldn't really recruit any talent and just got bulldozed by people that would take, you know, Alabama, Miami, Texas, and and, and just run over everyone in the league and, and and then talk relentless amounts of shit to him. And he was he was absolutely he absorbed it all. At, like like a true gentleman. But the way he got his revenge was Anytime, and I don't know that it was exclusive to you, but you just won more than pretty much everybody else. The fucker told me it was. <laughs> so so, I'm sick of seeing you in the national title, so I'm going to make you play XX and X, usually like one after a fucking another. So he could he could <laughs> schedule, so the way that that game worked was, the commissioner of the league could, like, it would auto-schedule everybody, and then the commissioner of the league could change who people played. And so he would, also, he would always intentionally give uh, Scott what we would call the gauntlet, usually at the end of the season, too, where losing a game hurts the most, where he'd play, like, two or three really good users back to back to back to end the season. And it was it was shitty because it was like you already had to play your conference opponents and, and just in a good conference, and then he would purposely give you well, out of... the FBC too, and I wasn't the only one that was good in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And then your out-of-conference opponents were just juggernauts as well. Oh, yeah. He made sure to put Seawatts, my goddamn kryptonite, on my fucking schedule at the back at last available date he could put them. Every it time. It was... Like USC. At USC. I'm like, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was good times. All right, we should probably talk about the NFC self, though. <laughs> Who that? Tweets! <laughs> um, God bless ESPN radio advertising. Um, all right, so the NFC South, we were talking about, it's close as hell. It's, it's one of those... Fucky divisions where you'd love that it's fucky because anything could happen. Um, the Buccaneers are that eight and four team that we talked about are gonna play. I think the Vikings. Um, so that'll be exciting. The Saints are seven and four. The five and seven. I mean, yeah, that's where we left off. Was Rich? I don't know. Right. We got sidetracked heavy on that. It happens, man. Um. So, but any of the so, Buccaneers Saints. Who knows? That's gonna come down to. A, a very tight division race. The Panthers, yeah, again, which side does the coin land on? Maybe he gets the podcast buff now and just runs the table. I, I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Rich, if you run the table in your last four games, if you beat the last four people on your schedule, 
I will personally fundraise $10,000 for your firstborn's college fund. Okay? And and mind you, I'm going to watch those fucking games. So if the people try to be gentlemen and throw, it's not going to... But I... But if you earn four wins at the end of your season against that schedule, I'm gonna fundraise ten grand for your firstborn's college kid. Rich, you're my brother, kid. but the thoughts and opinions of Joel Heilman do not directly <laughs> represent the thoughts and opinions of myself. No, I, I, I said it. I'm taking responsibility for that. It's on the line, man. Think of your kids, and think about how much you're gonna let them down if you lose any one of those games. Wow, um, that's fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so. The Falcons, uh, they so they're three and eight, but they are on a one-game winning streak, and frankly, you love to see it. Teams at the end of the season where the wins are just like, oh man, this is brutal. But hey, they're gonna go out there, they're gonna give it their all, they're gonna win whatever game they can. They gotta play the Saints now, which kind of sucks for them, but they're not giving up on the season. And quite frankly, you do get to a point where. If you just lose for the whole season, your players don't respond well to that. Nope. Um, and he played. He beat Corey. He beat him forty to thirty-two. And they did. I that's right. Watched that game. It was a really good game. That's a they huge win. That one in at the very end, bro. He he only lost to the Saints fifty-four to forty. No one was playing defense in that game. <laughs> that's that feels like an old school Saints Falcons game, fifty-four to forty-eight. Um, but. You know, it's like you I see that. Watch that one too. You see that, and it's like he's playing some people close, and he's not giving up at the end of the season, and you'd love to see that. So he could be a headache for this Saints team that really needs wins right now. But he also has a brutal end to the schedule. He plays the Bucks twice in Week 15 and then again in Week 17. He's got the Saints. He's got the Chargers after that. So Rafe, you've got – or Strafe, I guess it would be. You've got a rough, rough end of your schedule. But you, the last two games you've played have been very close. You could easily, I'm sure, if you look back at the footage, if one player or another had gone a different way, you could have beaten the Saints, who are among the class of your division. And you beat the Raiders, who are no pushover. And, you know, you should have all the confidence in the world going into a Saints, going into another game against the Saints when you probably had opportunities to win the first one. Um, and then it's it's building blocks from there, right? If you think you can beat the seven and four Saints, well, then why are the nine and two Chargers untouchable? And it just goes on from there. So um, love to see that you're still fighting and trying to win those games, and that's what you want to see out of the bottom of the division. You want to see that fight. And again, like I said, it's important because if you just lose the whole year, the, your players are going to hate you, and that morale doesn't go anywhere. Even if you start off fresh the next season, those players are still worse because they remember how fucking awful you were the year before. Um. So, any other thoughts then on the NFC South before we move on? Uh, it's a crapshoot. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, I could see the Bucks winning it. I could see the Saints winning it. Um, Rich might somehow magically do it, uh, and then you'll owe him ten grand. <laughs> He's got to win all four games. And I said fundraise. So, for all he knows, I'm a shitty fundraiser. But I'm a man of my word. I'll do everything. I'll do it. I shouldn't say do everything I can. It'll happen. He's just got to run the table. That's all. So, but it'll be interesting to see how that division finishes out. Um, I think it's a coin toss between those three. Yeah. But you you really do think... Okay, so even if he... So Rich doesn't technically have to run the table to get in, I don't think. 
Although I'd have to look at. So if he he's five and seven, right? So if he loses even yeah. one game, then he's gonna his best finish would be eight and eight. Eight and eight. Which is, I mean, if New Orleans just tanks out, then that's a possibility. Um, but yeah, he's kind of he kind of has to win out, and even at that, has to hope for some help, because as we'll get to in a second, San Francisco's not terrible either. Um, it it'd be rough, but again, he's a streaky guy, so if he can finish on a streak. A winning streak of four games, he might find himself in the playoffs. Um, but I agree with you. It's it's a it's going to be a fun division to see as we go down the, the stretch. It's anybody's anybody's division. It looks primarily now like it's between the Bucks and the Saints. Um, and frankly, I just looking forward to seeing how those two duke it out at the end of the season. Um, so the NFC East is again interesting. You have. Essentially, the undisputed best team in the league. They're the only 12-0 team. And like we've said before, you can't even say that they haven't played anybody because they were the only team to beat you, and you've beaten everybody else. So in terms of power rankings, they're number one. Because he just beat me. He beat the shit out of me. It's true, and I would like to point out, he beat you worse than he beat me by, like, a margin of two points or three. But, but still. fucking ass. <laughs> Actually, four points. Because I actually, he shut you out. I scored three points. I also didn't realize he changed the slide mechanic. That uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. I'm hearing a lot of excuses. See what happens. I should have scored 10. I still, t- I. Isn't that sad that we're talking like, no, it could be 10 <laughs> It is, it's pathetic, is what it is. But hey, when the man's only given up 144 points in 12 games, I mean, yeah, 10 points is kind of impressive. Um, but yeah, 12 and 0. He's crushing everybody. Absolutely destroying everybody. Um, he's doing it with, I'm sure, what people wouldn't have expected to be like a, a runaway team. But, like, dude, that the div- the pressure that he can get with his front four is kind of stupid. And I think that's an underrated part of, of how good he's been and why he's not giving up. His defensive front is going to stop you from running the ball all that well, and they're going to just exude so much pressure without even needing to blitz in the passing game. And a lot of times that can really help a secondary out that's not so great is when you don't have to blitz to get pressure. If you can just leave bodies in the defensive backfield and you can get pressure with your front four or five or however many it is given your defensive scheme, that's kind of a big deal. Um, and I feel like he's been able to do that well. Um, but so he's sitting up there at 12-0. and 0. The Eagles are 8-4. and 4, The Giants are 4-7. and 7, The Cowboys are 4-8. and 8. So when you look at this division, what do you see? Uh, well... I see, obviously, the 800-pound fucking elephant in the goddamn room is the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, from right, yeah, Philly would have the sixth seed in the playoffs. So Reek's good, man. Reek's not a joke. Um, well, he just beat the Packers, didn't he? Or who did he yeah, beat? Yeah. yeah, he just knocked off the Packers in a very close game, but still, like, a win nonetheless, man. Mm-hmm. So good game by Reek. Um, he's not out of it. It's just, yeah, somebody's got to beat Washington. That's yeah. all there is to it. Giants are four and seven. That team needs some help. They need some pieces. He got smoked by the injury bug too. He's dealt with all sorts of things. Um, he also Cowboys, tried to fucking dance on me and then lost. Like, yeah. like that. Yeah. 
the Cowboys started out 4-0 and have dropped their last eight games. So, I mean, that's just fucking rough for Dallas. That's brutal. Um, I don't know. I just, yeah, I just realized that looking at it now. That's brutal. Yeah. I bet, I want, uh, part of me wonders if week five wasn't just, like, getting absolutely crushed by the Washington football team. And then it just yeah, set them I in mean, a tailspin. Yeah, it's just fucking, hey, man, it demoralized the fuck out of me. Yeah. It didn't demoralize me, but that's because I was already so demoralized yeah, like, that it was just like, up. all right. Somebody was hard headed and then had to be like, it's like 13 or 12 or something. Yeah. It's the last person I can remember shut me out. Well, shutting shutting somebody out is just so hard to do. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. I mean, not, I, not when the person you're playing is tilted off the face of the earth and, like, pressing because I can't figure out how to fucking slide. Yeah. That's pretty rough for you. Didn't they, Haven't they changed it since then as well? I don't think so. It's I'm, still double tap square. Is it? Because I swear to God I did that with a quarterback and he fucking swan, and he fucking, like, penguin dove for the first down. And I was yeah, like, what are you doing? has to be, like, so close and auto to, I don't know, whatever. Just don't fucking fumble Lamar. Why the fuck did they change it? Like, I I don't know. I don't try to talk EA politics, man. I'm telling you, we just need it's to go my, there. It's mind-numbing. It's, it's like world politics. It's true. Honestly, it's kind of worse. Yeah. Um, But anyways, so, Agreed. Four and seven, four and eight, not looking great for the Giants and the Cowboys at the bottom there. However, you know, like you said, the the, the Cowboys started four and zero and just fell off the cliff at that point. So there's there's something there, and and same thing. The Giants started four and four, and then they lost three in a row. But at at that four and four point, depending if those three games had gone the other way, this would be a different discussion that we'd be having. So, and also like you said, I mean the Giants. Or basically a mass shooting at this point. Like, I don't even know. I, I, well, and maybe not at this point. Those guys may be back. doesn't change the fact that they lost so many, and starters too. And there's just, there's no, the Giants were already not like an insanely talented team. They had some insanely talented pieces, but not a super deep team in terms of like upper level talent. Not a team where you can lose star players or a multitude right. of players and even have a fucking chance. Right, right. So it's to be expected that you're going to fall off and lose some games. And, and for what it's worth, the Giants actually played well in spite of all of that. Um, so I think, I certainly think that Farkamesh, and I'm butchering the fucking name here, Farkamesh or something like that. Farouk Manesh. He is better than that record. I don't I don't doubt that no, at all. No, either. I'm probably, yeah. he, no, he's way better than that record, man. Um, he's one of the games I have left this season and I haven't circled on my schedule as a big old fucking track game. Yep. Because we played one time in Madden 20. I want to believe that was the year I got into the playoffs with that Dolphins team and won the Super Bowl. And he smoked me. Yeah. Like, he smoked me near the end of the regular season. So, he's not a joke, man. He just... Working with a bad team that got hit by a rash of injuries. Yeah, for Should sure. Come back from shit like that. It's unfortunate, but trust me, as the seasons go on, I'd expect to see that Giants team compete. But obviously, just to end out the discussion of the NFC East before you ask me my final thoughts, somebody beat the goddamn Washington football team because right now that dude is 
is the class of the league. And I want to see something knock them Well, we don't want to see a 16-0 season in our first season, you know? That just, that just looks bad. Um, his remaining schedule for those keeping track at home are the 49ers at the 49ers, Aladur, hosting the Seahawks, Golden Domer, hosting the Panthers, Rich, who needs to win out to send his kid to college and to go to the playoffs, and he is on the road in Philadelphia. Prob of those of those four games, that's probably the most losable, I'd say. Um, although again, I, like we said about Rich, anything can happen. Yeah, I've seen oh, yeah. That, that guy can beat or lose to anybody. It seems. If um, he gets a blocked field goal, it's game over. <laughs> game oh, over. Um, and we're about to go. We're about to look into um the uh the NFC West, but just looking at the rankings. Goddamn Vietnam flashback. Blocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god um the, the 49ers are seven and five so they're on the playoff bubble they've got they've got every reason to, to try and win you know i'm not saying it's gonna so, happen but like to my screen oh but the seahawks haven't played yet that's why man jomer can still make the playoffs and he started off i thought he started off losing a bunch probably starting to get his feet back under him though he did have a really rough stretch his first win was simmed and then he uh, his first four games that he played he lost them all uh but then since then he has gone five and one so he's gotten his feet under him for sure um it's hard to tell. Well, I mean, he blanked. And, and to be fair, he blanked the 49ers 31. You talk about shutouts. 31 nothing. He beat Alador with the with the 49ers, who wow. have otherwise had a good year. Yeah. At 7 and 5. So, helps, of course, to have the tiebreaker in that case. And they will play each other in week 17, which could be really fun. Could be some big playoff implications on the line in that game. I love to see those. Me and him have around the same kind of defensive, um, like points allowed numbers. I just kind of flashed over and looked. Me and Domer. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's. The man was always a really, really good defensive player. Well, and I mean, the Seahawks are a really good defensive team, so. And that's why you're his. <laughs> My nickname is the OG House Killer and Domer's Bitch. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I, I'm telling you, I meant it. I hate him with the heat of a thousand suns, and I hope I get to play him. I hope the Madden gods, I hope the Madden gods, no, I I do love him, but like for the purposes of, of football rivalry, I fucking hate that guy. And I really hope, I really, he's gonna, I, I just know he's gonna kick my ass, but I really hope that next year we get scheduled against each other. Because I find it unlikely that we will meet each other for a Super Bowl this year. Um, but I need redemption. Because I don't think I've really... I don't remember. I'm sure we played after that national championship game. I don't remember any of those games. I just remember that one. So I need vindication. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, and it is interesting. It, it must just be because he hasn't played. But again, then I don't know why it gives 
the team that has played less games a higher ranking. So so the 49ers should be at the top of that division. But either way, yeah. the point is that it's super close. And still anybody's blocking between those two. You then have the Cardinals at 3-8, and eight, and you then have the Rams at 0-11. Neither of those teams appear really to be competing for that division right now. Should be noted, the Cardinals have had a rough stretch. They've lost five in a row, but they started three and three. So a three and eight record isn't, you know, I haven't looked at their injuries or anything like that recently. So who knows? Maybe they lost somebody. Maybe he's just had a rough stretch. Uh, the Night King. Maybe who knows what's going on? Uh, there. No, he's been out of town for the last. Oh week, so yeah, he missed his last two. He kind of just got to do what you got to do, man. Um, I believe a family member was having surgery or something along those lines it was a family thing so we wish the best to you man i believe he's back thursday so hopefully he'll be able to finish out the season and uh, be ready to roll going into next year with a young interesting cardinals team yeah for real man kyler murray just that kid that kid can do work in this game, so I would I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him reverse those fortunes, especially in a division where it seems those fortunes are very reversible. This is one of the least dominated divisions that we have in terms of the team at the top or teams at the top. Um, you know, seven and five is not nearly the the nine and two, the eleven and one, the you know, not like those records that we've seen around the league. So. You certainly think that even with a poor start for the Cardinals or for the Rams, the Rams are probably going to have some cap space. I want to say that's why I didn't take them. They're going to have some cap issues. Um, but if Naruto can figure that out and figure out the offseason, um, this is a division where going into next year, you'd look at it as the most the most winnable if you can win the offseason. And, and you were the team that didn't win it the last year. You know, like I, I don't... I don't think a single off season is going to make me competitive with you <laughs> in in the east, but I do or the north, I should say. But I do think that a single off season for the Cardinals could make them competitive with the Seahawks and the Niners. I think a single off season for the Rams could make them competitive with the Seahawks and the Niners. Um but just as for what this year contains, again, it's just these teams got to play each other. They've got to win games and then they've got to maybe hope for some help depending on the the other results. Um, and that's that's all that that's all there is to it. This is the nitty gritty. This is just a few games until the season is is over, and it's time. If you are in the position where you're on the bubble, there's only one thing that you can do and that you have to do, and that's win your games. Sometimes you need help. Sometimes you don't. But the one thing that you can always control is going out there, playing hard, and winning your games. And that's the only way that you can get in the playoffs if you're on the bubble at this point. <clears throat> all right um so that was a fairly i mean did you have any other final thoughts on either the nfc west or just the nfc as a whole as a whole oh that was a bad time to hit that pen yeah. um <laughs> it's that's going to be a crap shoot at the end it's really interesting since domer's got you know Got the game back under his feet to see how the final end of that race goes. And uh, with all those teams can do in the future, I mean, looking at it right now, because um, it hasn't flip-flopped, obviously, on the website either. Seattle's sitting at the four seed. San Fran right on the bubble at the eight. 
So that could flip Seattle out of the playoffs completely, depending on how things go. Yeah. So there's a lot of room for movement there. Yeah, I will say, even if you're not counting, so even if you acknowledge that the site is a little bit wrong because some games are played and some games aren't, it does look like whatever team wins the NFC West is going to be the only team out of that division to make the playoffs. They don't, again, unless you get a collapse from either Philadelphia or New Orleans, really, there's not a whole lot of avenues to the playoffs if you're in the NFC West outside of winning your division. That's kind of all there is to it. Um, so that'll be that'll be really interesting in that regard. Um, so, bias aside, because you're in the AFC. I mean, don't you sort of, well, I don't know. Do you expect the Super Bowl to come out of the NFC? Just looking at the records now. Do I expect the Super Bowl winner to cut him out of the NFC? Yeah. You can't really be I just had to bite my tongue so hard, man, because I wanted to say something, but Do it. What no. what are you talking What is this podcast for? Say it. No, I mean Say it. Say it. Say it. Let Casper out. <laughs> no, we're not gonna let Do him. it! So I'm I, never I am never gonna I'm not gonna A let this podcast end until you say it, and B let you forget about it for the rest of your life in the shadow bring it up all the time. I mean if you ask me who's winning the Super Bowl, I'm winning it. Okay. Is that what you were gonna say? Because that's not so bold. I expected you to say that. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I was just not trying to stir up fucking heat. But it is what it is. Fucking now that I've pissed off the entire league, we'll keep going forward. What are you talking um, about? Pissed off the entire. You're eleven and one. You're you're a clear cut favorite to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, so you're gonna win it. Um, it's hard to. If if you had to play Washington again, I guess in your head you really do think that if you don't fumble the ball three times because you didn't know how to quarterback slide, that's maybe a different game. That's just how you're approaching. Yeah, I mean, they were all off a of huge runs, man. That moved me from like my end of the field, like to inside. Yeah. Like I don't know. I'm not saying I would have won that game. I'm just saying it would have went a lot different. Yeah. So, and I mean, I played that dude before. Also, I, I can say that dude and refer to him as that dude, and I'm not wrong. Yeah, it's true. You have played that dude. Um, and. You know, I, I, I'm not, I don't look at the top and just assume... I don't just assume that he's going to the Super Bowl. Anything, no, could, anything could happen. Like, could go in there and get there are so many good teams um, at the top of the NFC Taylor right now, man. Man, like, Minnesota could get him. Reek could get him. Any of y'all could do it. It's just you got to figure him out, man. And you got to understand that he plays super good fucking He's so, so it's just a match with super good fucking defense. Yeah, that's true. I don't need to learn how to play defense. And remind yourself, he's using Dwayne Haskins. Like, it's not, it's not a, and you know, Marcus Russell two point <laughs> IRL, yes. God, you want to talk about how to like destroy your career? <laughs> Let me just refer you to this Dwayne Haskins YouTube highlight reel. Um, that guy has just really, really pissed off all the wrong people. Speaking of, did you hear that Le'Veon Bell got released today? That's not speaking of, but did you hear that? Are you fucking hitting your pen again? 
You just wait till I talk. And you're like, yeah, it's a fine time. Yeah, basically, I took that time to go around and grab a beer. Oh, well, that's fair. I've actually, tell you what, I've done the same thing twice to you tonight, and you haven't let me down, so now I feel like an asshole. Because I let you down. <laughs> um, but did you hear that Le'Veon Bell got released? Yeah, I did. I hope the Bears sign him. They, I forget who I saw on the NFL Network or whatever was saying the Bears are the top landing spot for him. Be the best thing for him. Yeah, it would be because we as a, have a top five defense, dude. As I'm a Le'Veon Bell fantasy there. owner, I as a Le'Veon Bell fantasy owner and also a diehard Packers fan, I would be very conflicted about that. But uh, uh, interesting stat on uh, the real life Bears defense: they are um, the number one defense in the red zone in the NFL. The or no, it's number one. It's yeah, number one red zone defense, number two defense on third downs, and number two defense overall in the fourth quarter through this so far in this NFL season. We'll look right at that. So if they could get a competent running game and Nick Foles can just be a game manager. Yeah. Just saying, man. Just saying. It, I can see it. It could be come back to a Bears-Packers battle again for that division. Because right now, obviously, Green Bay is the class of the division. But we may, we may be the worst 4-1 team you've ever heard of. But <laughs> Are four and one, <laughs> but we are four. Tom Brady in the box. Yep, it's true. What an insane game that was! I forgot it was fourth down. Okay, we should probably talk about some league stats. <laughs> though, real quick. Let's do it. Do you want to um, go over stats, and I will try and like refer how to about you. Go individual stats, and I can go over the team stats. Beautiful. Um, and Beautiful. We'll do, like top ten. Sure. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Okay. So. To start it off, guys, uh, we're going to look at the offensive stats with basically basically about four and a half weeks left in the season. The Green Bay fucking Packers, love you, expert, um, are leading the league in total offense right now by, like, over 1,000 yards ahead of the next guy. Um, total is 6,837. Offensive total yards is 5,285. He's thrown for 3,446 yards, rushed for 1,839 yards, putting up 42.6 points a game, and it's 34 passing touchdowns, 28 rushing touchdowns, and 161st downs. So, experts killing it. The Bucks are behind him. Um, I'm, we'll just do total offense. Yeah, I'm not going to read everything off. I probably shouldn't yeah. have done, done that. 4,862 offensive yards for him, putting up 37 points a game. Just real Same quick on the, on the Packers. Down. You mentioned yeah. they have a nuts amount of yards. Rodgers is leading the league with 3,509 yards passing, and Jones is leading the league with 1,708 yards rushing. So, yeah, when you have the top passing quarterback and the top rushing running back, you might just lead the league in total yardage. Also, for, to, to that point, Rodgers is like 33 touchdowns to 8 interceptions, a 72% completion rating. He's a fucking quarterback rating of a 148.0. That's the highest quarterback rating on the season. Even even if you include Tyrod Taylor, who's 1-for-1 one for, one for 8 yards and a touchdown, which as a result gave him a bonkers rating on that one pass. Even if you include the guys that really shouldn't be included, He's still better than everybody else. And oh, by the way, one of those guys that shouldn't be included is Jordan fucking Love, his backup, who is 
four for six with a touchdown and 49 yards, and as a result, has a quarterback rating of 131.2. So, guy really knows how to throw the fucking ball, turns out. And, um, uh, oh, by the way, on the ground, yeah, not just leading in yards, also third highest yards per game and most touchdowns running the ball. Well, no second most. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. That Vikings-Packers, you know, going back and forth. Um, but anyways, yeah, just uh, just some ridiculous offensive firepower put out by expert in the Packers. So Saints are coming in third with forty over 4,700 yards, 29 touchdowns and through the air, 20 on the ground. The Chargers are the fourth, uh, over 4,700 yards for them, 30 through the air, 23 on the ground. Um, also putting up 1,700 rushing yards. That's a huge number. And then at fifth comes in with me, the Ravens, uh, for over 4,700 yards uh, to 2,600 through the air only, which isn't as high as some of the other numbers, but we have put up over 2,000 on the ground with 26 passing touchdowns and 22 rushing touchdowns, respectively. Um, honorable mentions outside the top five, which are the Vikings, Eagles, and the Chicago Bears. There you go. Yeah, so, um, no, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, do you have anything else you want to round out about, like, the offense, the off- numbers? I mean, everyone loves quarterbacks, so I'll run through a couple of those just briefly. Um, right behind Rodgers in terms of yardage, I don't love yardage just because you could throw for a ton of yards and not be doing anything with it, but that's not generally true of these quarterbacks. Uh, Wentz for, for Reek is having a great year. Uh, 3,400 yards, 31 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Um, so... Just a two-for-one clip on that, but still putting up a ton of yards. He's doing well. Um, Drew Brees, you mentioned the Saints being the third-best offense, largely in part because Drew Brees is you know has thrown for 3,200 yards, 27 touchdowns, just 11 interceptions, so he's taking care of the ball. Jimmy Garoppolo has the third-most yards, 22 touchdowns. He does have 28 interceptions. I should note, though, that that's not all. Like He's a Jaguars quarterback now, but he wasn't you know, for most of the season that we've played so far, at least for the first half he played for the 49ers. Um, so those aren't on all on Elk, and for all we know, him being higher in the yardage now is because of Elk, and maybe the 22 touchdowns, 28 interceptions is less because of him. Um, but we're seeing some good stats there. Tua, Tua Tagovailoa, however the fuck anybody. Tagovailoa, perfect. Look at that. Look at that. I just learned. Gotcha, <laughs> I just learned something today. He's thrown for 3,200 yards, 28 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. And I played against him today, and he balled out. And I was just like, that is... That's a lefty man making that's a name. That's fucking unfair. He can run to his right, throw across his body on the move, and just hit fucking dimes. Um, but yeah, that that guy, is, he's going to be something special, I have no doubt. Um, and then, you know... Justin Herbert, the rookie for the Chargers, no, of course, no surprise with as many points as the Chargers are scoring, but Herbert's had a pretty good year. Uh, almost 3,000 yards passing, 29 touchdowns, just 12 interceptions. Complete Completion percentage of 74%. So he is very efficient uh, for a rookie. Now, I'm just going to say real quick, we talked about it off air before the podcast. If you take Lamar Jackson's passing yardage and touchdown, and then take his rushing yards and touchdown numbers. He's actually the second uh, with responsible yardage, right behind Aaron Rodgers. 
quarterbacks. Now, I will say, Joel, you said, oh, Rodgers has to have some rushing numbers. I believe when I looked, it was only like 22 rushing yards for him. So That's fair. Just got to gotta throw and shamelessly plug and throw out the honorable mention for my boy, Big Trust, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so just wanted to throw him up in there. I'm just saying, I know the passing numbers is a little bit skewed, but our offense isn't... You know what I mean? You got to take those other yards into it. Right, right. No, he he truly only has Rodgers only has twenty two yards rushing. Mm-hmm. I would have thought it would be more than that. But anyways, um, yeah, Jackson isn't going to show up at the top of either of these, but he has had a phenomenal year. Anybody that's anybody that's been paying attention to you knows that. Anybody so who's played the Baltimore Ravens outside of the Washington Red football team, <laughs> right? Which fun fact? As I was driving because I rented a car in Oklahoma. I swear to God, they would they refuse to refer to it as the Washington football team. I forget why they were even talking about it. I think it was because of the whole Dwayne Haskins drama. And I swear this this dumbass redneck fucking announcer, or not announcer, but like, you know, radio host, called them the Washington Redskins probably 20 fucking times. And every time I was like, the fuck is wrong with you, man? It's the Washington football team. And that's the best part about that team is that we have to call them the Washington football team. Um... But anyways, rushing stats, we've got, it's, Jesus Christ, half the fucking league is already run for over a thousand yards. Um, Aaron Jones is probably going to run for more than 2,000 yards. He's sitting at 1,720 touchdowns. Right behind him, Dalvin Cook, almost at 1,721 touchdowns. Derrick Henry. 1,616 touchdowns. Austin Eckler, 1,613 touchdowns. And it's just sort of... In the era comeback where a running back is actually someone you will pay. Yeah, it's true. I'd like to point out, though, he's not going to be on this list at all because he was hurt for a really long time, though. But you want to talk about Big Truss. My boy Joe Mixon... He only has 87 carries because he was hurt for like five weeks, which is why he's not high on this list. But he's averaging 8.2 yards per carry. Oh, dude, if you slid Joe Mixon in my offense. Well, it'll never happen, so oh. you can shut your whore mouth. Thanks for AJ. Yeah, you, I mean, honestly, you're wrong. He's a, he's a one-year rental, but he is living his best life, in sure. case you were wondering. Todd Gurley has an 11.2 yard per carry average. Which is kind of bonkers. It makes you wonder why Strafe isn't used no more. But for running backs that have seen, you know, lots of carries, it's Gurley, Jones, and Mixon. With, I mean, if you're going to count... Wait, no, who is it? Keyshawn Vaughn. He's only got 28 carries. That doesn't count. I, okay, so Gurley? Jordan Howard? Oh, yeah, yeah. Gurley, Jones, and Mixon in terms of yards per carry. So I told y'all I was fucking hurting without Mixon because I it's Giovanni Bernard is, is no Joe Mixon. But Mixon has been tearing this shit up and has more yards per carry than Austin Eckler or Christian McCaffrey or Bryce Love or Dalvin Cook even. So and, I'm just saying, like, these guys may have somebody go, you know, guys go over 2,000 yard rushing. I might have two guys go over 1,000 yards, very realistically, with Ingram and uh, Ingram Dobbins. and Lamar. Oh, what, where the fuck is Dobbins in your offense, by the way? 
Oh, dude, he comes in and out. He's actually got 66 carries for 430 yards and three touchdowns. Like, yeah. realistically, um, my boy Ingram's getting old, so he might get the axe, or we might be seeing if uh, one of y'all want to take him for, you know, maybe a mid-rounder. We'll see what's up. Um, but J.K. Thomas will probably be the feature back next year. But for right now, man, we're just trying to get, uh, we're trying to get Mark ever, trying to get Mark a ring, man. He's bounced around the NFL, man. He's always been really like, consistent. doesn't he have one? Oh yeah, he should, shouldn't he? Or was he uh, not on I the mean, Saints team? No, maybe not. I don't think he was. Yeah, no, that's actually, it's, know, been, it's been a long time since. Someone can correct me tomorrow. They will. Us, even. <laughs> But okay, so moving on briefly to receivers. I mean, it's a bunch of guys up at the top there. Curtis Samuel, to no one's surprise, is leading in yards and touchdowns. Although he is averaging less yards per reception than Devontae Adams, Deshaun Jackson, Henry Ruggs. Yeah, but his rack number is fucking nuts. It's nuts. 983 yards running after the catch also, that's jesus christ alvin kamara is gonna have a thousand yards receiving yeah which i guess the way that the game has given him abilities and is probably the right way to do yards it. rushing that's fucking insane. that's pretty good he's having a good year he's having a good no, year that's like that's a that's a nuts year yeah. like imo for a running back oh yeah 100 percent. that's yeah that's about as good as you can expect. And and McCaffrey's nowhere close to that. McCaffrey's the other guy that you would say, well, you know, it's uh that's your 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 receiving back kind of guy. Rich, would... Trade me Christian McCaffrey, homie. I'm gonna be in your DMs later. <laughs> um, Samuels tearing it up again. Bunch of yards, bunch of touchdowns, less yards, uh, and then I mean there's the, there is the anomaly that is Henry Ruggs. Averaging thirty two point yards per Per reception, average. Yeah, 30, averaging thirty-four yards per reception. That's like, that's so stupid. He's just got thirty-three catches and has a thousand yards on it. That just cracks me up because of how fucking broken that is. He's not gonna hit Corey and see how he does that, so I can do it with Marquise Brown. Um, yeah, it's called running. Look run. at this though, man. Some rookies in the top of the receiving numbers though. Jerry Judy's up high yep. here, thousand yards. Justin. Jefferson's gonna be a problem, man. He's not far behind him. Yep, he'll be there for sure. And it's good to see the the injection of the youth. And of course, uh, Ruggs, Ruggs is already up there. So we're gonna have three rookie receivers. It would seem at least three the rookie receivers get over a thousand yards receiving. Um, it gets. I don't see another rookie for a while. C.D. Lamb, he's there. He's got seven fifty eight. So in four games. Not unreasonable to think that he might get, what, 250 yards receiving. Um, we'll see, but it'd be super cool to see him get that. Just see these, you know, these receivers just absolutely come out and and just dominate. That'd be a, a lot of fun to see, I would think. So um, we'll move on to the defenses probably at this point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just because we did about 30 minutes almost off there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the number one defense in the league right now, which this blows my mind statistically when you load it up, is the Baltimore Ravens to me. Um, which I didn't realize that. If you would have told me, like, hey, open up your defense, tell me what you are, I would have been like, eh, top five, but Washington's going to be number one. Now, they are number one in points allowed. 
by a lot. Um, but there's some like difference and there's some parity here. It's really interesting. The Broncos actually have the top run defense, followed by the Chargers, Seahawks, Colts, Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs, Lions, Washington. After that, though, passing wise, the number one pass defense is the New Orleans Saints with uh, under 2,000 yards passing allowed at this point in the season, 1993. After that, it's followed by Washington, the Giants, Ravens, Rams, Titans, Seahawks, Colts, Jets. Okay. Um, Sacks, the Broncos are leading the league with 33, followed by the Titans with 28, Eagles with 25, Chargers with 24, Saints with 23, Panthers 23. Washington with 23, and the Browns with 23, as well as the Jags with 23. Uh, Titans leading force fumbles with 11. And interception-wise, Washington the league in interceptions with 31. But the Broncos and Vikings are far behind with 29. After that's the Dolphins, Titans, Eagles, Chargers, Saints, Bengals, Patriots. There you go. In terms of individual players, um, for total tackles, um, I think this was the case as well a while ago. Deion Jones is leading that. No surprise there. He has 94 tackles. He's going to surpass 100 total tackles. Um, And he is also second in solo tackles. So it's not like he's even getting a a ton of help. I mean, he's got 39 assists, but still. 55 solo tackles is is just a nuts number to have right there um but for total tackles it's jones um he's got jerome baker right behind him at night at 84 so jones deon jones has 94 baker's got 84 leighton vanderesh has 84 christian kirksey wish he would do this for the real life packers has 82 fred warner's got 82 um javin white he's a rookie Right outside linebacker for the Washington football team has 79. CJ Mosley with 76, and it just goes on down from there. Um, and then those are all linebackers. Your first non-linebacker is Jalen Mills with 75. And then you have a run of three consecutive DBs. So it goes that way. Um, for, in terms of tackles for loss, uh, my fucking boy Geno Atkins is leading the NFL in tackles for loss with 16. And your boy, Kaylee's Campbell, has 13 at second. J.J. Watt is 12. Shaq Lawson has 11. It's a big run at 11. Shaq Lawson, Kenneth Murray, Matthew Judon, uh, Joey Bosa, Bobby Wagner, all have 11. Um, and then it just goes on from there. There's a bunch that have 10 and, and so on and so forth. Uh, for sacks, Von Miller is still leading the league with 16 sacks, although he got hurt, didn't he? Or did he yeah, not? Yeah, but it wasn't something that was very long. Uh, I think the Broncos saw him get hurt and was just like, I can't even look. Didn't he... And then he wasn't even out for But didn't he have 16 sacks like when we made the last podcast? No, I think it was 11 at the time. Okay. Well, that, um, yeah, never mind. That I'm just wrong. Um, So he's got 16 sacks. Still leading. Uh, Second is Cameron Jordan at 11. And third, there is that man again. Geno Atkins has 10 and a half. I didn't realize he was having as good a season as he is. He is... At the defensive tackle spot, an absolute nightmare. Um, and then Josh Allen has nine. TJ Watt is eight and a half. Seven and a half for Joey Bosa and Brandon Graham. Miles Garrett, Chandler Jones, Fletcher Cox, and Kaylee's Campbell all have seven. And it goes on from 
there. For interceptions, Eric Kendricks is leading the league with 13 interceptions, and he's got a pretty wide margin. The next closest is eight. Ronald Darby has eight, and Demarius Randall has eight, so they're both tied for second. Marshawn Lattimore and Jesse Bates, my safety, are tied at third for with seven. And then at six interceptions, you've got Josh Jones, Reuben Foster, one Thornhill, and Darius Slade Jr., and it just goes on down from there. And that's pretty much all the stats that you really need to know. Unless, of course, you're concerned with who's got the most defensive touchdowns. And, of course, you already know the answer to this. It's Darius Randall. Randall. With three defensive touchdowns. Um, Darnell Savage, Ronald Darby, Marshawn Lattimore, Darius Williams, Jesse Bates, Chauncey, Gardner Johnson, Ruben Foster, Maurice. Wow, a lot of people have two. There's a lot of people that have two. Let's just put it that way. Um... But only one has three, and that's Demarius Randall. I didn't realize Jesse, Jesse Bates has been a fucking set. For everything that you've said about Demarius Randall, how good he's been for you, I feel the same way about Jesse Bates. I realize Jesse Bates hasn't had the same season, but he's just been that exact same thing for me. I didn't realize that he had a couple pick sixes himself um, from the safety position. So it's good to have guys patrolling center field for you that you can just count on. Um, Yeah, and that's... Pretty much it. I know we showed some love to kickers last week, but this thing has gone an hour and a half, and I'm tired, and I have to work in the morning. So if you're a kicker, I'm sorry. Um, but we just don't care about you this week. If you're a kicker, I'm not sorry. <laughs> uh, I did want to touch on uh, it's just red zone efficiency because I like to dive down into this. The Packers are converting at 94%, the Saints at 89 the Jags at 88 the Eagles at 88 and the Colts at 87. That's pretty Excuse good. Me, round out the top five uh, for that. Now, defensive percentages. This is interesting to me. The Washington football team is only allowing 65% off touchdowns inside of their red zone right now, followed by the Chiefs at 67, Bills at 68, the Saints at 70, and Dealers at 70. Nice. So I always like to look at those. I like to see, especially the defensive red zone one, man. That one will tell a story if, if you're not letting people score. You know, in yeah, I agreed. Zone, I agreed. I'm sorry. I'm I'm distracted because it's late and I'm tired. Have you seen the video of Derrick Henry stiff arming Josh Norman? Yeah, it was bad. Why <laughs> oh I Josh Norman's goddamn career? Uh... <laughs> That, that's brutal. So, All right. But we could probably wrap it up now, man. Yep. Uh, you guys have been great. This has been awesome. Uh, we're almost through year one. It's been pretty fucking smooth sailing compared to, you know, some things we've been a part of in years past. Um, We're really happy that all of you guys are here and are playing your games thus far. Um, I'm excited to see the games that get played tomorrow because there are, I think I saw six that need to be played. Uh, or 10 o'clock tomorrow, but you guys have been doing a great job. Every time I think there's going to be like, oh, shit, we got a lot of Sims this week. Next thing I know in the blink of an eye, four games are going on. Yeah, so, I agreed. I uh, got full faith. Can't wait to get to the playoffs. Can't wait to see how this all shakes out. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Again, just to echo what he said, you guys have been phenomenal. 
Um, many of you have mentioned that this is one of the most active chats that you've been in in terms of a franchise, and we owe it all to each other for that. I appreciate how eager you guys have been to pitch in, and again, it's it's welcome discussion about whatever's going on, you know. It doesn't have to be Madden-related. It's always fun when you're talking about games. You guys have been watching games um, consistently, and that's been exciting for the people that are yeah, streaming it. Worship is getting me close to affiliated, so thank you. Yeah, uh, I can speak the same for myself as well. It's just, you know, you guys are keeping tabs on each other's games too. I, I Several people are in the chat every day like, yo, who's playing? I want to watch something on board. <laughs> and and we love that. Oh, so. Fucking house is like, this has dropped my work ethic so much. <laughs> I know, and you know what? I'm proud of that. We talk about uh, things that we put on our resume in this league. I'm going to put that on my resume. I helped run a Madden League so well that it dropped someone's work ethic, literally. Um, that's a badge of honor right there. But seriously, thank you guys so much. Again, I said at the beginning, I'll say it again at the end, thank you for the support for this league, for this podcast. You're playing your games, you're being active, you're chatting with each other. That's enough support in and of itself, let alone all of the, the listens that we get to these podcasts and the feedback that you give us, and the feedback is very much appreciated. So... Thank you guys again so much. As we wrap down this, this the end stretch has the potential to be something really special for this league. And it can only be that on the backs of the effort that you guys put in to get your games in, and we appreciate that so much. So keep on keeping on. Let's stay strong. Let's finish out this inaugural season of SOTS 2021, for Madden 21, I guess I should say. Let's knock that out. Let's stay together. Again, if you guys have questions, concerns, any of that, please let a commissioner know, one of the admin team. Please let us know if you need to take a few days off or whatever, and I mean for any reason at all. If you just need a mental health break from the game, believe me when I say I understand it. Um, Just be in communication with us if you need to skip some games or you're missing games. Um, Don't ghost your opponents. And, yeah, let's just finish out this season strong. So uh, with all that to say... Once again, especially during these times, make sure that you guys take care of yourselves, and if you can, someone else as well. Um, For Scott, this is Joel. We're signing out tonight. You guys take care of yourselves, and we will talk to you again. We'll do it again about a week from now. So have a great night, guys. Yep, have a good one, guys.